So it's Christmas. And we have been in a Christmas series that we call Among Us. And uh, because we're in, a, we're in a chapter that's, listen, honestly, it is so like unconventional Christmas. What we're looking at in John chapter 1, ready? It doesn't really talk about like the Christmas story. It's all about Christmas, the event of, of Jesus coming to earth, but it's not the details. In, in fact, of the four Gospels, um, I don't, maybe not all of us realize this, of the four Gospels, only two of them actually give us details about the birth of Jesus. The other two just get right into ministry. And, and one of them, John, which we've lo- been looking at in December, he doesn't look at the specifics and the details of the, of the birth of Jesus, which, which I'm going to guess, like, even if you don't have a, a really good history or experience in church, or like, you, 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 you wouldn't consider yourself a church person, but you, you know, you're, you're, you know the stories. Like, you probably know enough about the details about Jesus' birth that you could probably retell it. Even if like church isn't your thing. I grew up and church was not my thing. I didn't grow up in church at all. I became a Christian and started going to church later in life. So, so for me, like I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about like religion or faith or Jesus or anything. And, and, and I'm, there might be some of us in here like that, but you probably know at least some of the story, right? You know that like, all right, Mary and Joseph um, are, uh, are supposed to get married and then she's pregnant and he's like, wait a minute hold on and and they got to do this they got to go to bethlehem because there's a census and then she right and then they, they go to find a, a place and the inn is full so at least that's the way that kind of the kids stories go and and there's no room in the inn it probably wasn't an inn like a hotel it was probably a guest house like attached to a family's house and there's no room and so where do they have to go to the stable right and jesus then would be born in this very humble place and placed in a manger and a manger is like today we we see mangers or we think about mangers around christmas time or you know in the kids plays like they'll have a manger and it's like oh so sweet and it's just very cozy and it's like like you probably have one set up in your house somewhere right if you have a nativity scene you have a manger and it's like very special until you realize like a manger is literally like it's it's the dog food bowl for animals it's what they ate out of. It's a feeding trough. And so there's nothing around, and so they place this baby Jesus in this feeding trough. And, and shepherds come, right? This is probably part of your, your, uh, um, your nativity set. And then, and then wise men, these three wise men, it's probably way more than three that showed up, but there were three gifts, so usually there's, we associate it. There's three that show up. And they come, and they bring gifts, and there's angels, and all of the, like, all of the details around the birth of Jesus. And guess what? In John chapter 1, none of that's in there. We've been spending a month now talking about Christmas with none of that. And tonight will be no different. We're going to look at Christmas from a very different lens. Not from the traditional kind of, here's the story, but rather the, the, the coming of Jesus to earth and then, and then what happens then? Why does he come? And what happens next? Like the purpose of it. So I'm going to do, if, you, if, you, if I may, let me give you a brief kind of recap of where we've been because this is really the end of, of three, three, it's a four-week series, the end of three weeks, all building to this moment, to what we're talking about tonight. And, and so week one, we talked about this. We said your understanding of Jesus is more important than your understanding of anything else. 
And that sounds like an overstatement, like, okay, really? No, no, no. Listen, really. Your understanding of who Jesus is is more important than your understanding of anything else, of, of whatever like your field is, whatever your career is, whatever maybe if you're in school, whatever you're studying, um, what, like whatever your expertise is or what you, like what you need to know, more so than your finances or your business or whatever it may be, your understanding of Jesus is more important than your understanding of anything else. And we talked about, listen, to have a proper understanding of Jesus, you have to understand that he, like, he existed, this is weird, he existed before he was born. In theology, it's called the pre-existence of Jesus, that he existed as God the Son in eternity past, long before he was born. So by the time he's like this baby is born, and when they, they name him Jesus, and the, all the, the whole Christmas scene, and by the time all that happens, oh, he's been, he's been around for a very long time. This is him now coming to earth as a human. John starts off. So this is how he starts his gospel. We looked at this and we spent much more time than we can give it tonight. He says this, in the beginning was the word. In the Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in, the Greek word is logos. You say that with me? Logos. Good. You now speak Greek. You are now bilingual, at least bilingual. Well done. In the beginning was the logos the word but it means more than just word it means the rationale or the thought or or the meaning in the beginning was the meaning the god's rationale like like the in in philosophy it was the it, it was the equivalent to asking like the the purpose of life what's the meaning of life and so when when john says in the beginning was the logos they would have said "Ooh, the logos mean like the meaning of everything in the beginning was the meaning the word and the word, this meaning, this, this, this purpose, this rationale was with God. And the word, this logos, was God. This logos was with God and was God, all right? Verse 4, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. John introduces this theme of light, which we're going to uh, certainly address and, and, and enjoy later tonight as well. And he introduces this logos as light, this light of mankind. Our understanding of Jesus is more important than your understanding of anything else. And the, the first thing you have to know about Jesus is that, that he is far more than just a baby that was born. Week two, we looked at this, that God loves you so much that he showed up. That he came to earth. And this is where we get the title of this series because in verse 14, John tells us, he says this, he says, the logos became flesh, like took on skin and flesh and made his dwelling among us. That he, this logos, actually then decided to come dwell among us that god loves us so much he said i'm gonna gonna have this plan in place and i'm gonna come live and be among them and then last week week three we said this in jesus god offers you the plan of adoption and the lamb of absolution and we talked we spent a lot of time talking about what does that mean and here's what we said if you were here you remember that christmas was the beginning of your adoption papers that Christmas is the beginning of God saying, I want to adopt anyone who wants to be a part of my family. Ooh, 
Christmas is about adoption. We see this in, in verse 12. It says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Paul tells us in Galatians, but, but when, the time, or when the set time had fully come, here it is, ready? God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. You know what that is? That's Christmas. He doesn't give the details, but he's saying he sent his son, born of a woman. That's describing the Christmas experience. That when the time come, came, God literally decided, all right, here is the Christmas event. I'm going to send my son. He's going to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. And why? Why do we have Christmas? Why did God send his son? And why do we have the Christmas story? Why do we have the season? Why do we celebrate? Literally, in, a, in just a couple days, we celebrate the birth of this baby, of this Savior. Here's why. Ready? The whole purpose, the whole reason for all of it, he says, is this that we might receive adoption to sonship. Oh. Christmas is so much more than, than a nice story about this, this incredible, miraculous birth with angels and wise men and shepherds and, and animals. And it's so much more than all of that. It's God saying, I'm, I'm going to begin the process of adoption. Ooh. And then we also see in John chapter 1, he writes this. That, that, that more than just simply the plan for adoption that, that this lamb is more than that the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said look he said the lamb of God and here's what this lamb is going to do who takes away the sin of the world now that leaves us with the conclusion of our series today on Christmas Adam and today we're going to be talking about Honestly, one single phrase that we find, we find twice in this chapter. One single phrase that, that honestly, like, like, it's something that we all say. And it's something that we say when we get really excited about something or, or someone. Or, or we can't, like, we get so excited that we, we have to share this with other people. It's the phrase, probably, perhaps, maybe the one that causes the ultimate excitement like causing causing phrase we have like it's the thing that we say like all right of all the of all the sayings we have this is one that we that when we say when we share when we when we like 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 offer this to other people it's because man i want my excitement to be your excitement and we say this when we want to share that with someone else um it's what it's honestly, if, if you have, uh, I imagine a lot of us have kids, kids or grandkids, and uh, probably some of them in here. Kids, are you in here? Are you having fun? You got your little activity bag? Good. Good. Keep at it. Good. Um, here's the deal. In just a few short days on Christmas morning, you might hear this phrase. Because this is what they say when they get really excited on Christmas morning. My kids do this. They'll wake up usually before us because they know, they know it's Christmas morning and they go to bed, kind of try to go to bed early, probably stay up late because there's like my, my daughter will be like, I'm trying to sleep so hard, but I'm so excited. And then she also like, like stays up and then eventually falls asleep and then is easily the first to get up abnormally early on christmas maybe yours are like that like like abnormally early to the point where we're like man i don't i don't know if anyone should be up this early but here you are so excited and and she'll say this phrase mom dad there's a bunch of presents you won't believe it and then she'll say that she'll say this is the phrase we're going to look at tonight she'll say come and see 
There's so many presents. Mom, Dad, you gotta come and see. And then she'll go to her brothers. Brothers, we got presents. Come on, you gotta see this. And she'll be, she's so excited. And the way she says it isn't like I'm excited for myself. The way she says it is there's, I want you to come and join me in what I'm excited about. There's a lot of variations we have of this come and see, right? You got to see this or like you don't want to miss this. You need to see this. And, and, and we'll do this. We'll do this with little things. Um, like I, I imagine you've probably done this with uh, like a spouse or a relative of yours when you're scrolling through your feed and you see a video that you're like, oh man, this is hilarious. And you'll say something like, okay, hey, come here, come here. You got to see this, right? And they're probably like, I really don't care about what you have to show me. And you have to sell them on your excitement. You're like, no, 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 listen. This is going to change your life. These 13 seconds of people falling on ice is going to make your day. Calm, check this out. And you're like, oh, fine. Like how many times have you kind of begrudgingly come to see something because someone else was really excited about it? And they're using this phrase, you got to come see this. Come, look. Here's the deal. What we're going to see tonight in John chapter 1 is that Christmas is the greatest invitation to come and see. It's the greatest invitation to say, hey, 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 you got to come and see this. Listen, of all the stuff that we get excited about, of all the stuff we should be excited about, you got to come and see this. And it isn't the Christmas story that we're going to be looking at. It's, it's not. It's not the details about the birth of Jesus, which is usually what you hear of, uh, especially like a Christmas Eve service. We're not talking about that at all. We're talking about, all right, now what happens next? Christmas is the greatest invitation to come and see. And, and what makes the birth of Jesus, what makes Christmas so special is what the birth sets up and what it leads to. And it starts because God is making a plan to make us his own. And that plan starts with this phrase, come and see. So here's what we're going to see. Jesus, ready? Jesus invites us all to come and see. Jesus invites you to come and see. Not as like a little child, not as like my seven-year-old daughter on Christmas morning. You got to come and see. But rather like in a much deeper sense, in a much more fulfilling way to say, all right, hey, come and see this. Come and see. I'm inviting you to come and experience this thing. Here's what John, we read in John chapter one, all, still in John chapter one, verse 35, it says this. This is so good. The next day, John was there. John, uh, the, John the Baptist, who had baptized Jesus, the cousin of Jesus. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. This is now the second time he said this about Jesus. Jesus now is 30-ish years old, so we fast forward quite a bit of his life. And, and, and it says this, when the, the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus because no one knew who he was yet. He's just now, literally just now starting ministry. And John is the one who calls him out and says, there he is. And so these, these guys are like, all right, if that's him, let's just go, let's just go see who he is. Let's just go, let's just go. So literally, they, they followed Jesus. This, now, as odd as this may sound, like back then it was fine. Today, we call this stalking. But, but for them, they wanted to know more. So they followed Jesus. 
turning around, so Jesus literally is like, all right, they're behind me walking, and he knows. Turning around, Jesus saw them, and he doesn't say like, hey, how you doing, or what, what are you guys doing, or, um, or hey, nice, are you getting baptized here too, or, or he doesn't say any of that. Here's what he says, ready? What do you want? And, and not in the like kind of on the street, like, hey, man, what do you want? Not the like dismissive, what do you want? Like, come on, leave me alone, what do you want? He said, it literally, genuinely, he looks at them and says, Hey guys, what do you want? What do you want? This too, this too happens every December. When usually we say, hey kids, what do you want? <laughs> right? And, and, and like, like you'll go to the mall and if you do the Santa, like you'll go to me like, oh, Santa will say like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? And they'll like say their thing, what they want. And like J- Jesus is so much greater than Santa, but he asks the same question. Long before Santa, Jesus says, hey, what do you want? And look at their response. Their response is, is, is amazing. What do you guys really want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? They don't even ask for anything. Here's what they want. Ready? Hey, we just want to spend time with you. That's literally what they're saying. Hey, where are you staying? Can we join you? Jesus says to them, what do you guys want? And they say, we want to spend time with you. Where are you staying? Whoa. That is a good response. It's not about stuff. They want to, they want to get to know this Jesus. What do you want? And they say, where are you staying? And then here comes the phrase. Ready? Come, Jesus, he replied, and you will see. Jesus says to them, hey, Come, and you'll see. It's the first time we see this phrase. It's going to come up again. And he says to them, hey, come and see. Ooh. Jesus is excited and invites them to come and see more about him and what he's doing and who he is. So it says this, so they went and saw. This is great. By the way, if you are ever like approached by Jesus and he says, hey, come and see, you should do this. So they went and saw. <laughs> like, it's so specific and like, yeah, this is exactly what we asked for. And he invited us to come and see. And so we did. We come and we went and we saw. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. And then John gives us this detail because he's saying, I'm not making this up. This, is the re- this really happened. It was about four in the afternoon. I even know the time that this happened. So they went and they spent the day with Jesus. Could you, now listen, could you imagine being there at that moment? You're standing, there's Jesus. And you don't know like the, what his story is going to be. You don't know how it all ends, but you know this guy is different. John calls him like the greatest person ever. Who's, he's not worthy to literally untie his sandals. And and, and now he says, hey, come and you'll see. And he's, he wants me to spend the day with him. I get to spend the day with this rabbi, this Jesus. Jesus asked what they wanted, and what they wanted was to spend time with him. Now, this Christmas, I imagine, listen, ready? It is not a stretch to think that Jesus is asking you, hey, what do you want? 
And I don't know if anyone has even asked you that this year because, like, you've been telling, asking everyone else, hey, what do you want? What do you want? And you want to make sure that they get their stuff and they get their gift and they get the right flavor of the right pie and they get their kind of meat and, and you're trying to do everything to keep the peace. And, and I imagine, listen, ready? If Jesus were here, if he were on this stage, he certainly is not, but if he were, he would say, all right, listen, this Christmas, ready? What do you want? I mean, really, what do you want? And it's probably like, if you were like, oh man, I really, like, what would be awesome is the new iPhone. That would be really cool. He would probably shake his head. No, no, no. It's not, I'm not asking, what item do you wish to receive? But what do you want? Jesus is inviting all of us to come and see. To come and see him and to come experience and learn about him and, 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 and be around and with him. So Jesus is asking us, what do you really want? Christmas is the greatest invite to come and see, and Jesus invites us all to come and see. Now the second part of this, we see not only does Jesus invite us all to come and see, but we're going to see this, that we should invite others to come and see. There's a follow-up to right after this, where this, this come-and-see experience, this come-and-see excitement, this, this come-and-see moment, it spreads. And much like you would, you would do like today if you get really excited and, and you like, hey, you got to come see this. And then, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that was pretty cool. Like the 13 seconds of people slipping on ice, yeah, that was worth it. In fact, you know what? Hey, Jimmy, come on over. you got to see this. And, and like, like the excitement, if it really is like worthy of being excitable, like it, it spreads, right? It's contagious. And you say, you got to come see this. No, you got to come see this. And you got to come see this. And, and to the point where like if it happened in here where people are like, what is going on? You gotta, hey, you guys, come see this. All of us would rush over there. We don't know what it is, but man, this is gonna change our life. We don't know what it is, but there's something about excitement that we're like, I want that too. Like, what is it? What is it that you're experiencing or seeing that, that is changing you? And, and here's what we see, that, that, that this excitement, this come and see excitement, it spreads. Right after Jesus says come and see, it happens again. Andrew, after spending time, he's one of the guys who spends time with Jesus. It says that he goes and he gets his brother. And we're told in the scriptures, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon. And this is the Simon that becomes known as Peter. This is the, and Jesus gives him his name right here. And he recognizes that, like, literally in the beginning, he, he sees him and he says, all right, you, you're gonna be Peter. You're my guy. Peter doesn't know who this guy is, but he just, like, literally gave him a new name and a purpose. Ooh, so something happening, right? They, like, they don't know the rest of the story. They don't know what's happening next, but something is happening. And right after this, we see it show up again in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. He shows up, and there's this guy named Philip, and he says, hey, Philip, how about you follow me? Now, if you catch this, um, these are just the first words Jesus has spoken and he doesn't speak in very long sentences. I mean, to the point where, where like, you don't even ask questions, you just say, yes, sir. I mean, this is Jesus, right? If you're showing up to Jesus and he says, hey, he gives you your name, hey, my name's Brandon. Brandon, follow me. But, but where are we going? I, just follow me. How long is it gonna take? I got like 14 more questions. Hey, listen, 
Just follow me. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, Jesus. Okay. And so Philip, he does it. He follows him. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was also from a town, Bethsaida. And then look at this. Here it comes. Ready? Philip was so excited, he found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and, and whom the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth the son of Joseph. We, we found this Messiah, this person that was this promised one. Listen, we found him. Like, like we got to spend time with him. This is the guy. This is the ultimate. I'm so excited. I can't, like, I got to share this with the closest people around me. And I, so we, you got to come see. Listen, we found him. And then, Nathaniel asked this, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Like, like it's one of those, hey, this is Jesus from Nazareth. And he goes, wait, whoa, whoa, Nazareth? Here's the equivalent. Ready? California? <laughs> I'm from California, by the way, so I can make that joke. I'm a, I'm a long-term uh, resident and uh, glad to leave California kind of guy. Like, like Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? And then here it comes. Ready? And Philip said this. He goes, hey, come and see come and see listen i'm not going to try to prove it to you i'm not going to explain it to you listen listen you just need to come and see this guy just come and see this something's different about this guy something is different about like like what is happening can you just do this listen listen just come and see he didn't try to prove it. He didn't try to explain his experience. He just said, you have to see this to believe it. You have to see this guy to believe it. So then we see this. Jesus, as this guy, he says, fine. Nathaniel shows up. He's like, all right, I'll go look at this. I'll go, I'll go find this guy. And Jesus says, here is an Israelite in which there is no deceit. He says it out loud. And Nathaniel hears it, and he says, how do you know me? Like, what? How do you know anything about me? He knew that this was a good guy and a faithful Jew, and he was like, this is, listen, this guy, this guy is honest, and there's no deceit. He will not lie. And Nathaniel's like, yeah, that's right, but how do you know that? And Jesus tells him, hey, before even Philip called you, I saw you. And he says specifically, he says, I saw you sitting under the fig tree before Philip came and got you. I saw you, man. I know you i know you it was enough where nathaniel goes whoa 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 hold on there was no one around me how do you know that and his response is this you must be you truly are rabbi he says you are the son of god and then jesus said this you believe because i told you i saw you under the fig tree listen that's not that great of a of a like a a, a prediction about your life like that's not that great of a scene of like something to see and be and be excited about and be like oh, i can't believe that and then he says this you will see greater things than that you, you, you get this sense now it's it's impossible for us to go back and do this it was certainly like this was his experience this was pre jesus did any miracles or anything like exceptional or amazing this was before certainly the cross and the resurrection this is before all of the stuff that we like whatever your understanding of jesus is and what his life was like it's before all of that so he doesn't know anything he just knows wow this guy already knows stuff about me and jesus here's what he says he goes you ain't seen nothing yet dude you have not seen anything yet listen 
You, you, you think I'm the guy because I, under, because I saw you and I understand, I, I know you. But listen, you just wait for the things you're going to see. It, it's it's going to be so much greater than, than that little like experience you and I just had. Here's what we see in the life of Andrew who goes and shares with his brother Philip or his brother Peter. And we see that Nathaniel goes and shares with Philip this come and see mentality, this come and see excitement, this come and see moment that we should invite others to come and see. Once you get outside of the Gospels, you know what the rest of the, of the Bible, the New Testament is about? You know what Acts is about and all of the letters are about? Ready? Here it is, ready? Hey, invite other people to come and see. That's, that's the, the rest of this is, hey, you should go tell other people to come and see. This whole thing is one big come and see. Come and see. You've got to see this for yourself. You've got to experience this for yourself. Don't take my word for it. You come and see this Jesus. So what does come and see mean? We could say that come and see when he says, hey, come and see. When Jesus says, come and you will see. And when, when, uh, when Philip says, hey, you just got to come and see. Here's what they're saying. Ready? Come and see means come and investigate. Come and see for yourself. And this is true for you. All of this is, applies to you as well. Listen, don't take my word for it. I'm just a guy on a stage with a microphone who you're listening to right now. But don't take my word for it. Don't be like, well, the guy said, so therefore it must. No, no, listen, I'm inviting you to come and see, to come and investigate, to come and see for yourself this, all right, this Jesus that people talk about, like, is this real? Is this really real? And this doesn't mean you don't have questions. Of course you have questions, but all right. Is this really, does this guy really have the answers I'm looking for? Come and see means come and investigate. A second thing come and see means is this, and this is what Jesus was inviting them to, come and be changed. When he says, hey, come and you will see and you're gonna see greater things, he's saying this, ready? I want you to come, be a part of this because it's, listen, it's going to change you. It's gonna change your lives. And this has been true for now 2,000 years where, where Jesus says, hey, you guys come to me and, and, and listen, listen, this is going to change your life. Come and see means come and be changed. A third thing that come and see means this. Come and be amazed. And this is the thing that makes it so, like, makes it, it's so contagious. It makes it spread because you come and you, like, if this is true of you, if you've had your life changed by Jesus and, 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 and in a big way where you're like, man, I'm, listen, I was a different person and I met Jesus and I had this experience and now I'm, I'm a follower of his and I'm a different person. That excitement is contagious because you were amazed and now you're sharing that with other people that they too can have and a, a literally an amazing kind of an experience, an experience that causes about awe. Come and see means come. Come and see for yourself. Come and you will be changed and come, listen, you will be amazed at what Jesus can do. Christmas is the greatest invitation 
to come and see. Not because of all of the details of what happens, but because of what it leads to. And it leads to this moment where God starts this plan where he says, I'm going to now include people into my family. And it begins with this moment where Jesus, one of the first things he ever says in ministry is, hey, come and see. Just come and see for yourself. And that spreads. And other people who did go and see now come back and say, you gotta come and see. You gotta come and see this guy and 2,000 years later we are still asking people and sharing with people and, and, and excited to tell people hey you gotta come and see in chapter 1 verse 9 it says this the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world John writes and then he says that some some did not many did not receive him he says he came to his own and they rejected him. And then in verse 12, he says this. This is how you know. If you are a part of this adoption process where you're now a part of God's family, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who received him and believed in his name, that's, listen, that's how you enter the adoption process where God says you're now part of my family you're in to all those who did who received him and believed in his name he gave them the right to become children of God we're gonna end here but before we do uh, I'm gonna ask you to, to stand if, um, uh, if you have your candle you can go ahead and, and pull that out we're gonna I'm going to pray for us here in a minute and then we're going to we're going to sing one last song here that that honestly every year is just a, just a highlight of what we of what we get to do but before we do I want to give I want to give each and every one of you I don't know who you are maybe you don't know who I am but I want to give you the opportunity to say all right I've been putting this off for a while or I haven't really seriously considered what it would look like but man all right i want to be a part of god's family i want in i want to be a follower i want to be someone who says come and see all right i want to come and i want to i want to be changed by jesus if that's you we do this through prayer i'm going to give you an opportunity to to do that right now where where you can say like all right for those who who Put the, who, who chose to believe in him and believe in his name and all right that can be you I, I remember the day I did this many many years ago because it was so specific and so it was such a, a moment for me and that listen you can have a moment where, where, where you're, you're saying Lord I want all right I want all of you to change all of me and I want to follow you would you do this would you bow your heads with me I'm going to pray for us. And, um, so will you bow and, and close your eyes? And, and, uh, so for those of, of you um, who are saying, you know what, this, this Christmas Eve, Eve, tonight, all right, Lord, tonight is the night I want to place my faith in you. I want to choose to follow you. I don't even know all of what that means, but I want to come and see, and I want, I want you to change me. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Will you just slip your hand up? I just want to see who I'm, who I'm, who I'm praying for. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so if that's you, you can pray something like this, just right where you are. Quietly, just by yourself. Lord, I admit I am a sinner. I'm not perfect. I believe that Jesus, you died to pay for my sin. I believe you rose again. I believe you can give me new life. And today, I commit my life to you, to following you, and to being changed by you. Lord, I pray for the rest of us as we get ready to, in a few days here, celebrate with our families uh, your birth, to remember how it was that you came into our lives and how you chose to live among us. I pray that all of us would, would take some time, Lord, myself included, to remember on that day why we gather why it's so important and that you would encourage each and every one of us to have that same excitement to you got to come and see with those in our families our loved ones that we would say you got to come and see this Jesus that has changed my life you got to come and see him and learn more about who he is and what he can do for you Lord we thank you we pray this in Jesus name Amen